Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. It is such a gorgeous day. It's our first like real spring feeling day on the heels of some springtime rain. And now the sun is shining with the big white puffy clouds in the clear blue sky and all of the little songbirds are just singing their little hearts out all around the house. Um, So it's definitely spring vibes here. I'm very excited about it in case you couldn't tell. Um, But with spring comes some big transformation energy. Um, And a part of that is uh, things dying, you know, uh, mulch in order for that new growth to emerge. And I can really feel right now it's I'm, I'm on the cusp of this massive blooming phase in my business, in my life, um, but especially with my business and uh, lots of big shifts and transformation happening there. More details on that in the weeks to come, but I just wanted to kind of clue you in a little bit uh, and let you know that I am immensely lit up about this huge shift and transformation that is happening within the container and of the container that is my business and my work and everything that this this big up level and shift and redirection is calling into my life and into my business and into the world. I'm absolutely ecstatic about it. So I can't wait to share more details coming up in future episodes and on social media if you don't follow me. Right now, uh, my handle on Instagram is at Homestead Healing. I will link my Instagram in the episode notes here. And on today's episode, um, which I have entitled My Resilient Heart, very appropriately, I think, I'm talking about going through a breakup, the ending of a relationship as a sensitive or empath, always through that lens in this podcast, right, of approaching these things uh, that we we come up with as through the lens of being a sensitive, of being an empath and how to really support support you in what it is you're dealing with. And I figured if I'm going through this, there's at least a few of y'all out there that are going through it too. Um, and, you know, I just, I guess maybe a little over a month ago now, I had a massive heartbreak and the ending of a 
a serious committed relationship. And now that I'm at a place where I can mostly talk about it without immediately bursting into tears, I really felt called to to share with y'all four things that I've been prioritizing um, and to invite you to prioritize to really help facilitate your healing through the breakup and healing through it so that you can shine bright on the other side of it. And if you haven't already, definitely subscribe to my email list. I will also uh, include the link for that in the episode notes. Um, Yeah, subscribe to my email list. That way you'll be sure to receive all the goodies, all the resources that I send out to support you as a sensitive, as an empath on your healing and empowerment journey. And I will link that in the episode notes. But on to my resilient heart, your resilient heart. Um, Heartbreak is a part of life. And I will just put a little perspective here too. You know, I'm talking specifically in this episode about the ending of a romantic, intimate relationship. But these things to prioritize, they can translate into the ending of a friendship, into the ending of a job and a work relationship, right? So there are different layers here and different lenses through which um, to look at this. I'm just offering that up as a perspective as well. So number one, let yourself grieve. Like really give yourself the space and the permission to feel your feelings, to feel all of your feelings and, and to really grieve because a breakup, the end of a relationship, it is a death. Um, it's, it's the death of, of that special energy signature that was the two of you together and that energy that that y'all created. It's the death of what we envisioned as our future together in that relationship. And for me in this relationship, that actually included being in the life of my ex's young son, who I loved dearly and had my own relationship with. And, And so that was another huge loss, right? Is that the the future vision of myself with them as a family um and you know letting go like understanding that 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 there's going to be deep grief associated with that loss and so feeling into and exploring you know what what am i losing what am i grieving the loss of in this breakup and each relationship has its own little deaths as it ends and just allowing allowing space to grieve and go through through all of those feelings. You know, we talk about the was it the five stages of grief, right? So you've got shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, reflection, loneliness, acceptance and hope. And and just as you're going through that, and who knows, we all have our own range and speed and what is time, right? It's like whatever pace you're going through it, you just hold yourself with deep compassion and Give yourself permission to feel all the feelings. I know for me, uh, I will often guilt myself for feeling anger. And that for me is rooted in a lot of things. <laughs> Honestly, it's rooted in a few things. Um, one, it's rooted in, you know, my dad has 
uh, historically had pretty severe anger management problems. And so growing up, I learned to assign the value judgment of bad and negative and hurt to the emotion anger and that you shouldn't be angry based on the responses that I saw of my mother in, in that relationship dynamic between them and the way that it made me feel when he was angry at me. Um, and so I really have this deep association of like, you shouldn't feel anger or express anger. And it's taken a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot for me to tap into my, my sacred rage um, because it is sacred. And in, you know, anger, um, it's a part of the grief process. It can also really be a sign of boundaries that have been crossed. And um, it's a really valuable information emotionally to have when you're feeling anger. So for me, giving myself permission to feel angry at the end of this relationship allowed me to really dig deeper and to see the why a little bit behind that feeling. And some of it was just, yes, it's just part of the grief process. But some of it was also, I felt violated. I felt betrayed. And that was where my anger to some degree was coming from was that sense of a boundary that had been crossed, an agreement that had been torn asunder and uh, trust that had been violated, right? So I think really giving myself permission to feel that has been such an important part of being able to heal it, right? It's cliche for a reason. It's because it's true. You got to feel it to heal it. So So giving yourself the space to go through all of those feelings that surface after a big loss um, and and doing it, and I touched on it briefly a minute ago, but to do it with what I call the zero criticism policy, um, you know, to do it with zero judgment, zero criticism, not assigning a value judgment to your experience of what you're feeling. Um, part of that for me looked like just giving myself permission, um, without being critical of myself for being triggered into just blubbering and sobbing for a couple weeks, um, when a certain song would come on or a random topic of conversation or TV or movie moments or what I was journaling through my inner feelings and reality, or even at bedtime, right? Some of these things really triggering, triggering, uh, that deep, deep sense of loss and sadness, um, and getting that and giving myself the space to have that emotional release. Um, and knowing that I needed a little bit more space for that. Uh, so in that really tender phase, only being in, uh, face to face kind of, contact with people where I felt safe enough to have those emotional releases. And I'm really blessed to geographically and relationally be close with my family so that I was able to, you know, right after it happened, um, you know, within a couple of days to be with people who know me and love me and were able to hold some space for me in those tender feels, right? Um, but part of it also was holding myself with compassion and um, and just letting myself lean into some real self-soothing behavior. 
Um, it used to be numbing. It used to be self-numbing behavior, uh, pre-sobriety for me. And that looked like a lot of avoidance of what I was feeling, numbing out what I was feeling with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, with binging into, you know, like five o'clock in the morning. Um, and just, you know, being basically a zombie, uh, it was like zombie Laura would come, would come to the foreground, but now it looks like self-soothing. And, um, you know, this breakup, let's see some of the things I did, uh, for self-soothing, uh, eating some of my favorite treat food, which is like this gluten-free pizza that I like to make and watching Bridgerton, uh, taking bubble baths or Epsom salt baths, doing restorative yoga in my little home studio, drinking hot chocolate while creating a, a playlist to help me, you know, get into my feels and feel, <laughs> feel my feels. It's super emo, I know, but I love to do that. Actually, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, somewhere in my star chart, it really outlines how much for me music is a part of my emotional process. I'd be interested to know if that's the case for you as well as a sensitive, as an, as an empath. Um, if you want to uh, reach out to me on Instagram and let me know, that'd be really cool. But um, I will also link in this podcast episode notes a couple of playlists that I've created when I was going through this breakup. Um, one of them is it's like... It's definitely, if you're going through a breakup or you're just, you're just on the other side of one, it might make you cry, <laughs> but that's the intention. Sometimes, you know, like you just need something to meet you at that energy. Um, and then I have another one that I've just more recently made that actually matches the title of this podcast episode called My Resilient Heart that has a bit of a higher, higher vibe frequency that still encourages, you know, feeling, but at a, in a little bit of a different uh, energy wave. So... Um, listening to music for me is is always a huge part of how I how I process my emotions, my reality, my existence, and often dancing is involved. Um, so it's always encouraged to to help move energy through the body as well. Number two, uh, so first we had really letting yourself grieve, giving yourself the space and permission to do that, um, and number two is cutting ties. Cutting ties. So energetically, that's the first thing, right? Um, cord cutting. Now, this is something uh, that is really good on an energetic hygiene level for sensitives and empaths to do on the regular, not necessarily daily. I mean, you know, trust your intuition on what a good pace is for you or if you need it more some days than others. But um, Energetically cord cutting after a breakup is regularly, like every day for a little bit, is so important because we we are so sensitive to being latched onto emotionally and energetically by people just even passing by us at the grocery store, let alone who we've had intimate physical relationships with, right? So... For me, I have a certain way of, of doing cord cutting. You can really, uh, you can do it intentionally. So that's one way of just setting an intention. And you can do that with a crystal that you feel really resonates with you. Um, some, some crystals that are good for 
you know, this kind of energy um, for clearing energy, selenite's great. Um, when we're talking about the heart, I'm thinking rose quartz, I'm thinking jade, you know, things that are going to be really supportive for the heart chakra. Um, so you could do that intentionally holding crystals of just saying out loud, uh, and this is kind of my favorite catch-all for clearing cutting cords, um, is, you know, I'm, I'm cutting and releasing all energy that does not serve my highest good or the highest good of all. But if you're on the heels of a breakup, you could do it really intentionally towards that person and say their name. Um, also, I really like to go in with each of the chakras and physically cut the cords. Sometimes I'll do that visually with my higher self, my healer self coming through and doing a healing with me, a cord cutting healing. Sometimes I'll do it physically with my own hands if I'm feeling like I need that physical manifestation of the, the cord cutting practice. Um, and really just whatever feels good for you, what works for you. I really like, uh, there's two ones that visually really resonate with me. Uh, one is the lightsaber. <laughs> so I'm such a sci-fi nerd. Um, bear with me. So it's, it's as though I have like, my, my fingers have little lightsabers coming out of them. And I even kind of feel in that sound effect, right? Like I'm cutting cords and I come in um, through each of my chakras, starting with my crown, third eye. Sometimes I'll even go with my ears because we have little chakras in our ears, my throat, heart, solar plexus, sacral, and root. And I just take my time and I, I go in as though I'm actually physically cutting cords with my little lightsaber fingers until it feels like it's been done and then I move on to the next chakra um, and then I like to do a nice energy sweep so I'll rub my hands together and let myself feel the energy between my hands and then with intention I'm coming through visualizing that I have this ball of source energy golden shimmering golden white light that it's almost like a not an x-ray scan, like a photocopy scan. When you think about that, it's like that with my hands going over my body, collecting any like little split ends of cords or little, you know, rebel bits of that energy that maybe splattered out or <laughs> however you want to think about it. It's collecting all of that stuff. And then I'm throwing it into the core of the earth for it to be recycled and repurposed for the highest good of all and for the highest good of Gaia. So that's um, the process that I use, uh, and sometimes I do it with a lightsaber. Sometimes I like to think about my fingers as having like little pressure washers with like water coming out. Um, you know, I feel a really deep connection with water and I love being in water. And so the cleansing aspect of that feels really nice. It kind of just depends on where I'm at. And often I won't even consciously make the choice. I'll just kind of feel it happening in my hands of which which one of those is going on. So uh, I will do trainings on this, um, but I felt, I, I felt that it was important to talk about it in this episode and at least give you a little something to work with here and now um, because energetic cord cutting is hugely essential and supportive for you as a sensitive on the other side of a breakup. Social media is also a really important way of cutting ties. Unfollow them. Just 
do it. Get them out of your feed, get them out of your thoughts, get them out of your universe of witnessing around you. Just unfollow them. I, I, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, I feel like it's a part of the energetic cord cutting is to unfollow the person on social media, cut ties to give yourself some space, um, and then notice, you know, when, because now there's a little bit of a vacuum, right? I'll expand on this later, but now there's a little bit of a vacuum in your life from this relationship and the time and energy that you used to spend relating with this person is now available. And often it is available for obsessing about them and obsessing about the breakup. And so getting, uh, being compassionately honest with myself about when I'm thinking and feeling into the breakup or about them in an obsessive way versus a healthy healing processing kind of way. And again, with zero criticism, just with the lens of being the curious observer of my own experience, being being the awareness that has the thoughts and has the feelings and getting curious as that awareness, what, why am I having these thoughts and feelings? Like what, what are some of the deeper layers here? So some of the questions I could ask myself, it's like, um, to, to get curious around thinking obsessively about my ex or about the relationship, what time of day is it? Could it be connected to something that we used to do regularly together? What am I doing? Is the activity that I'm doing that triggers that obsessing something that is connected with them? What might I be avoiding? This is usually a big one for me. I, I have heavy avoidant tendencies. So what feeling or thought might I be avoiding by obsessing default obsession mode, right? Default obsession, almost in a way of numbing what the deeper layers are that need to have a light shown on them. What the flip side of that, what feeling or energy might I be chasing? Again, these questions asked with zero criticism, just holding myself with compassionate honesty and curiosity. Um, so whenever I'm thinking about cutting ties in the ends of relationships, I can't help but think about the Gilmore Girls. I'm such, I'm such a fan. I love the Gilmore Girls so much. I probably, you know, on dating apps are like, what do you quote from more than anything else? It's like embarrassingly for me. I don't know why it's embarrassing, but it feels like not as many people are into that as like friends, you know, but it's for me, it's the Gilmore Girls. And it always makes me think of this episode where Dean and Rory have broken up for the first time and Rory, she rushes to throw away everything that Dean ever touched, like literally. Um, And her mom is like, no, 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 just encouraging her to put everything in a Dean box and store it away because she might want to look at it and reminisce about it later on. Now, whether or not you want to keep your ex's stuff in a box uh, or throw it in the garbage or set it on fire, I mean, I leave that up to you. But I do encourage you 
to at least do some intentional clearing of items associated with your ex if you intend on keeping them. Uh, for me, one of the things that um, I did this with, uh, I was gifted by my ex this black tourmaline a little bracelet that I really love. Um, and so I did a couple things with that. One, I, I did do some energetic clearing around it and setting intentions around around it and uh, have plans to do some full moon bath cleaning with it where you can put it in water on a windowsill at the night of a full moon and let the full moon energy and um, light come through and help to cleanse the crystals. But I also did a little bit, um, you know, because I joke about this all the time, but I joke about it because it's true. It's like, what is time? Like time doesn't really exist. Everything is existing together simultaneously um, in all of the, the multiverse stacked on top of itself. And so there's a version of myself um, you know, still in a positive really, and you know, for me, it wasn't a super toxic relationship, so I feel comfortable doing this, but, you know, sending love to that version of myself kind of through this as a totem almost, um, and love and support and just kind of happiness about where she's at and how happy she is in relationship with my now ex, um, and just the feelings that, I had when they gave me this bracelet and um, it was a birthday gift and and so there's some positive associations there as well um, so it's a balance and you're the one who's gonna know what feels right and what feels healthy but I think energetically and intentionally clearing items that you associate with your ex um, is a really powerful thing for you to do a really supportive energetically supportive thing for you to do and and being compassionate enough with yourself to put out of your eyesight the items that are going to torture you and cause you deep pain or tempt you to late night text your ex when you really shouldn't be doing that, right? So just being, again, compassionately honest with yourself about what that list of items looks like and how each of those items need to be dealt with, um, that is another thing that is hugely supportive. Number three is creating space to process. And this is similar but different to, to letting yourself grieve, right? You have to give yourself the space and the permission to feel your feelings and let yourself grieve, but you also um, need to create space to process. For me, the universe just perfectly gifted me the timing of my breakup right before a planned vacation where I was visiting my bestie in Austin, Texas for the festival South by Southwest. So it was perfect timing. <laughs> there was lots of dancing and bike riding and just really amazing quality time in my old hometown with my old friends and my soul sister that just had me in this kind of huge love bubble of of light and of support and of feeling seen and grounded and um and you know it was it was vacation so it was fun uh i didn't have as much time to go into default obsession mode which was helpful as well but i think the 
the energetic kind of key here, if we want to dial into frequency and themes that that I can see that were really helpful during this period of time, uh, was community, family, connection, seeking out activities that lifted my spirits and helped me move energy for my body. So for me, that was riding my bike and dancing to music. In this case, really awesome live music at South by Southwest um, and doing yoga. In this case, at my old yoga studio where I did my yoga teacher training and I, I did a class with an old friend who is a really amazing teacher and healer. Um, but whatever your, your activities would be, um, being intentional about incorporating them into your life as you adjust and process in that space that you're intentionally creating for yourself to process. Um, and I mentioned at the start of that, you know, community, family connection, humans are pack animals. We are literally hardwired to be in community and we are meant to grieve in community. And this is one of, this is one of the biggest lessons that I walked away from my trauma-informed yoga teacher training with. And that is that you know, we are not meant to heal and grieve in total isolation. Some isolation, sure. Again, creating some space for you to grieve and feel your feels on your own to ugly cry and throw a little temper tantrum on the bathroom floor. I'm, I'm totally there for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. But community is an essential part of healing and processing our grief. It helps to regulate your nervous system and get back into that mode of, of social engagement and connection, which releases so many yummy hormones and chemicals that support you and love you from the inside. Um, so for me, it felt really good on the vacation, of course, to be with friends and and in community in that way. But also, you right after um, the breakup happened, to to be able to be with my family and and get some mirroring and some feedback and some sounding board opportunities for the post mortem analysis of the relationship and compare perceptions of reality and get curious and just to be held in community by people who who know me, who see me, who love me, um, who could cry with me and hold me while I cried in a place that felt safe for me to do that. And it it was a hugely important part. Um, And so it is my hope that that you have some community that uh, you feel safe enough with to to lean on in this way. Um, And if you don't, reach out to me. If you feel like you know me enough to do that, I hope you do. I'm here. Um, you can always reach out to me. DM me uh, on Instagram at Homestead Healing. You can also uh, email me, and I'll, I'll put both of those in the episode pos- uh, episode notes for this podcast. Um, creating space, creating space. So part of that creating space to process is, of course, lots of self-reflection and journaling. And this mirrors back to when we're talking about grief. This is a part of that, one of the phases, one of the stages of grief is lots of self-reflection and journaling. Again, with the lens of compassionate honesty 
and using that zero criticism policy <laughs> one more time, zero criticism. Um, you know, really, I've had some huge breakthroughs in this last relationship uh, ending around themes of betrayal and trust and how they're coming up in all of these different relationships over the last you know several years of my life not just romantic but all different kinds um and yeah getting getting to those breakthrough moments took a lot of reflection and um one of the biggest tools that i use for that in the way that i approach reflecting and mirroring and digging into the deeper layers and getting curious around my thoughts and my feelings is Byron Katie's work. Um, it's had a huge impact in the way that I process and has absolutely changed and revolutionized my life and empowered me to the nth degree. It's amazing. Um, I will also link that in the podcast notes. Number four is finding closure. This can totally be done with the other person and it can totally be done without the other person. Closure is about you. It's not about them. I'm going to say that one more time for the cheap seats in the back. Closure is about you. It's not about them. So if you're feeling um that this relationship wasn't abusive or toxic and that having a closure ceremony or some kind of closure communication with your ex is going to be supportive for you and helpful for you, awesome. If you are out of an abusive or toxic relationship that you need to fully disconnect from, totally go with that. And you can find closure either way. Either way you want to do it, again, closure, it's all about you. It's not about them. So in this relationship scenario, um, in this breakup scenario, this this go around, I, I feel like throwing confetti. It wasn't toxic and it wasn't abusive. <laughs> Progress, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, there were some there were some patterns for sure. Um, and uh, a lot, a lot of learning that happened, but um you know, having a, a closure conversation for me in this particular breakup felt really healthy and really helpful and supportive. And so we did. We had a closure coffee date. Um, there were um, there was some retrospective conversation about the relationship, which allowed me to ask some questions that had come come up as I'd been processing. There was some ownership over things, patterns, behaviors, words, uh, insights revealed around those on both sides, um, appreciation reflected back to one another for one another, genuine forgiveness being offered, and I think really important as well um, in closure is really clear boundaries being set regarding communication moving forward and whether or not and, and what the relationship was going to become, if anything. Um, so are we going to be friends? Is that an option? So it was a really important part of the process for me. Um, it's not always wise or possible to do this. And sometimes it's absolutely not recommended, right? So 
If that's the case, then I would invite you to have a closure ceremony for yourself and get creative. You know, say what you need to say to them, to their higher self, or write down what you're letting go of from that relationship and burn it. Um, Voice what you're grateful for that experience having taught you. Set an intention about boundaries and set energetic boundaries with that person. That is very important. Um, Maybe more cord cutting would be a good idea in the ceremony. You know, whatever resonates and feels powerful to you, that's what you want to lean on. And that's what you want to call in to the closure ceremony. Um, So those are the four kind of big ticket items um, when I'm reflecting on uh, going through a breakup as a sensitive, as an empath that I felt would be the most supportive in sharing with you. Um, On a personal note, one of the things that really came through for me in my breakup and looking back on this relationship experience was yet again to trust my intuition. And this is a theme that I talk about a lot (laughs) and it's one that uh, comes up a lot for sensitives and empaths is, you know, we're really conditioned from a young age not to trust our intuition. And um, I trust mine so much more than I used to. And I, I take action on my inner knowing so much more than I used to. And when I look back at this specific relationship and I'm honest with myself, I can see that I was ignoring my intuition. Um, I'd been having recurring nightmares about the breakup weeks before it happened and was totally playing pretend like everything was totally fine because of my own survival pattern around conflict avoidance. And, and so having that realization again, without assigning a value to it, just taking on that role of curious observer really helped me to even go deeper and have at deeper layers realizations and breakthroughs about why I have these behaviors and setting myself up for different choices and outcomes the next time. Which brings me to the title of this podcast, which is my resilient heart. And I think that is so important, especially as a sensitive, as an empath. I feel so much, I feel so deeply. (laughs) And I think one of the biggest challenges for me as an empath is to find the balance to allow myself to feel and to to get into the incredible color palette that is the depth and breadth of feeling of my empath heart and to have connection and to to bravely leap into relationship any relationship romantic or other um where the only guarantee is that that relationship will end whether it's whether it's actual physical death whether it's growth in different directions whether it's time for someone to move in another way whether it's physical 
separation with movement across the world from one another. I mean, the list goes on. There are so many different ways that relationships end, but the only guarantee that we have in this lifetime is that nothing lasts forever. But it's knowing that and choosing choosing to take the leap again that is kind of the point, right? So uh, doing these things, going through these priorities and, and really intentionally um, processing at the ending of a relationship is what allows us to and what allows me to have a resilient heart and get to a place where I'm ready to take the leap again. And I know that that time is coming. Um, it's not here yet, but it will be. And I'm really excited for that future version of myself. And I know that future version of myself is looking back at this version of myself with deep appreciation and gratitude for all this awesome work that I've been doing that has allowed her to have and manifest a relationship um, that is meeting needs that have never been met before. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. I love you. I love you. I love you. I, I know, you know, there are always, whenever I'm going through something, I see people talking about it and posting about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going through. So if there are any of you in my beautiful, sensitive empath community that find this is resonating with where you are in your current chapter of your life, then it is a hundred percent worth every moment recording. Um, and I have so many exciting announcements in the future coming up. I can't wait to share with y'all, but in the meantime, it's enough for me to just close and remind you that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.